position. Affirmative. Negative. I am the milkman. My milk is delicious. Roger that. Okay, let's go. Welcome to the Best Linux Games Podcast. Go, go, go! The best Linux games, the best games available for the uh, GNU slash Linux operating system via the mechanism and distribution network known as Steam, brought to you by Valve. After 700,000 years, the Steam has come to Linux, and beyond that, it has come to Linux in the form of the egalitarian Linux-like platform, Steam, an open marketplace in which... That's right, ladies and gentlemen, it's Saturday, and that means it's time for one thing. It's time for the podcast where the quality goes in before the name goes on. You're listening to the Best Linux Games Podcast, a companion piece to the uh, Steam group of the same name. Find us on Steam, you know, uh, join us on Steam, and friend me on Steam. My name is Scooky Sprite. I am your host. In case this is your first time here, uh, the ground rules for everything that we do are very simple. We have news. We have the latest titles that we are interested in. Of course, features, you know, like kind of in-depth looks or reviews. And then we have, of course, everyone's favorite the deals! Uh, the best games that you can buy for as cheap as possible. If you join us on the group, our recommendations are curated with the sole criteria of... It must run on Linux, and it must be really good. These are recommendations only, of course. Uh, not complete reviews, which generally will follow, um, especially once they get some other mofos on this show. And as always, the content that awaits you ahead may not be appropriate for members of all species, races, genders, classes, creeds, and especially might not be age or work appropriate. So, it begins. Let's get the Linux gaming on, bitches! Hello and welcome to episode 100 of the Best Linux Games Podcast. I know, 100, being recorded for you on this glorious Saturday morning, uh, the 24th of September, 2016, at 7.55 a.m. Pacific Time, also known as, for you, for me, my sequel, time and date, month, month, year, 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 2016, 09, 24, at 7.48 a.m. Pacific Time. Cheers, welcome to episode 100. Ah, yes, Ivor Molina says cheers as well. Cheers, Ivor, yes, more whiskey, more whiskey. Welcome to episode 100 of the Best Linux Games Podcast, an episode which I spent a lot of time thinking about. Because no matter how you slice it, this is episode 100. That means there have been 100 episodes of this podcast. Um, And had it not been for the third or fourth episode, it was the third or fourth week of doing this show, um, it happened to fall like on New Year's or something. I was like, ah, fuck it. Take a week off. You know, we'll be back next week. Who cares? <laughs> Little did I know that we would operate without, you know, any sort of adult intervention, supervision, or the man cracking down on us for 
<laughs> 97 or 96 more episodes. But had I known that we would go this long, I would never have taken that break because every episode, every week since that break, every Saturday, you know, every weekend, we have been here. I hope you've been with us. Thank you for being with us uh, now. Um, let's just get all the simpy blah, but I really mean it. Uh, thank you to all the people who, over these last two years, that's what's crazy. 100 episodes means two years. And and a lot of people have, ha, whether they've been acknowledged on the show or not, um, whether they've been, you know, massive presences, pre- presen- presences? Ah, it's Christmas. Let's have some presences. Whether they've been massive presences on, presence, whatever, on the, well, no one actually checks out the Steam group, which sucks because that was the actual impetus for doing the best Linux games podcast. Um, I wanted to make a steam group to help everyone filter through the sudden torrent of awesome games available for Linux. So anyway, what I'm trying to say is thank you to all of our listeners. Thank you to anyone who is, you know, dropped in, shot me a message, um, on steam or Twitter. Um, you know, there are a bunch of people who, you know, it comes and goes in cycles and stuff, but, uh, and I and if you haven't been one of those people, then you should be one of those people, because ultimately, like the you know the more the merrier. This is a foss. This is a foss fucking celebration over here, motherfuckers. Free is in freedom, not free is in beer. By the way, video games, yes, Steam, yes, yes, they do have uh, purchase prices. By the way, I heartily recommend that you pay for freedom, not for slavery. Cause that's a bad deal. Just ask Richard Stallman. One of the, one of the. Hey, Richard. Uh, I think we should make those businesses fail. Anyway, I noticed that I have not ripped off Chris Fisher's soundboard from Jupiter Broadcasting. Anyway, I want to thank all of our listeners, all of our contributors, Joe Jokey Kendall, many people who have not been ever acknowledged um, on air. You know, recently, like I've been torturing this guy, the infamous one. He keeps breaking our computer. You know, blah, this is, you know, reach out and touch, reach out, reach out and touch someone. This is a community effort. Um, you know, it, it, it gets better and better. The, the more, like, you know, the more, I can't do it all alone, is what I'm trying to say. And I couldn't have gone here for whatever here means means 100 episodes of what it means without a lot of people and I want to you know thank you all and I want to thank you the listeners most of all so what are we doing for this 100th episode did, did I mention this 100th episode 100 motherfucking episodes so that means Ten two years, years man. Ten. I spent a lot of time thinking about what are we going to do should we do the best games ever covered on the best Linux games podcast and then I started thinking no we need to just, we need to do something that's not we need to do something smaller than that that is simultaneously less reductionist in its scope and encompasses a much broader topic so I'm going to so here's what we're doing on this our 100th episode whether or not you go back, like I do, to uh, the mid-90s with Linux... Where have you been for 10 years? Go back and listen to older episodes if you want to know all about me and Linux. I go way back. 
I'm an old motherfucker. Whether or not you go that far back or you're only a you know relatively recent, you know, blonde any Linux user who has been using Linux as their daily driver or has been working towards that goal um assiduously wait, is that even I don't even know if that's the right word. Um but you know bit by bit, piecemeal, over time, hoping to one day supplant all the functionality of, you know, whatever their current or previous daily driver has been. Anyone who has been involved in that process for longer, basically longer than two years. Ten years, man! Ten! Will understand what, what it means when I say that over the last two years, by virtue specifically of Steam having come to Linux... And we won't talk about Steam coming to Linux in terms of like its massive import in terms of breaking the backs of the uh, publishers and developers monopolies, the major publishing houses who of course hire the major developers who of course have all the money and all the promotion, blah blah blah. Steam coming to Linux didn't really break the backs of those guys. It did help. But Steam as a force over the last, eh, you know, five, eight years. By the way, don't even fucking step to death row about me and Steam. I remember when Steam was copyright protection for Counter-Strike, not Counter-Strike Go and not Counter-Strike Source, but Counter-Strike the mod when Steam was the copy protection network that checked to make sure that you playing on computer number 32 at the Land Cafe, which had been built to play Counter-Strike, was running a fully validated um, and authenticated copy of the Half-Life engine. One per computer, please. So don't fuck with me about Steam. But what I'm saying here is, anyone who goes back a while with Linux will be shocked, as, as was I, to realize that over the last two years, 100 episodes of this show, which began shortly after Steam came to Linux, I mean, we're, you know, it was within months that I started the Best Linux Games podcast group, Best Linux Games group on Steam, which you should join. No one joins it. It's okay. More people hear the podcast anyway. Bottom line is, when Steam came to Linux, it transformed Linux. And it's not easy to see that as we're going through these sorts of things because Linux is free and open source software. It is the absolute epitome of the FOSS ecosystem. And FOSS is an incremental process and it's a community-based process where it seems like, I mean, fundamentally, if if you've been running Linux as your daily driver for any number of years, fundamentally, your experience with Linux has at some point been characterized by either, because you're on the bleeding edge. That's what Linux is. That's what FOSS is. It is the bleeding edge. Not intentionally, but that's its great strength and its greatest weakness. Forget rolling release or Fedora or Debian or, you know, Mandrake or Slackware or whatever or Arch um, FOSS is epitomized by incremental developments many 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 tiny and in the immortal words of one of my great professors Dr. D. Goss Nelson oh 
Did you see a light bulb go on? Yes, the small ones add them up. And eventually, they become big ones, big light bulbs. That is the FOSS mindset. That is the FOSS ethos. That is the FOSS ecosystem, idiosphere, um, design, development, and uh, et cetera process. That, that is how we are chewing up problems. And by virtue of the fact that it's simultaneously both micro-incremental and community-based, it's often very difficult even for, you know, old motherfuckers like myself um, to sometimes fully accept or appreciate uh, the, the scope and degree of progress that has just been made because we're always on the bleeding edge. So even, you know, like right now, when I say to you that Steam over the, the last two years since we've started doing this podcast has completely changed the face of Linux. I'm sure that there are some people out there, in fact, I'm sure that there are a great many of them, who, at first, without considering it, and I'm going to present the evidence to you, who would be like, oh, that's hyperbole, you're full of shit, squeeze brain, you know, blah, 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 Seth, you're an idiot, you know, blah, blah, blah. Likewise, there would be another percentage of the Linux-using community who would be like, oh, yeah, whatever, but we have to, we don't have this title, we don't have that title, this doesn't work yet, that doesn't work yet, this has always been, this character, this is, this is, you know, I'm half, half Latvian Jew, half Irish Catholic, raised in both traditions, believer in none, but that's exact, my grandmother on my mother's side was going to be a nun, my grandmother on my my great grandmother on my father's side fled fucking Latvia from the you know, anyway. So what I'm trying to say here is Linux and the FOSS community, its greatest strength, its greatest weakness. Every happy family is just the same, but every unhappy family is unhappy in its own way. So what I what I what I'm going to endeavor to do over the next. 25, 30 minutes, and I have not recorded this yet, I'm just gonna freewheel this as best as I'm able to, is to show just how fucking insane these last 100 episodes have been. Flame, flames, flames on the side of my face. In terms of bringing gaming to Linux, because when Steam came to Linux, it brought the final piece of an operating system to Linux. It actually brought the games. You're becoming hysterical. And I don't care what type of computing you've been doing, you know, your entire life, or if you're new to computing or whatever, if you're new to Linux or old-handed Linux, or if you've been, you know, if you remember WordPress. I was looking at Xenos after last week's episode found one person, there's one webpage that remembers Xenos, Stranger Beware for the TRS <laughs> 32 kilobyte game available <laughs> Ah, it's a Tandy company I don't care where you fit into that spectrum basically, and I know I'm skipping a bunch of games, but from you know the mid 90s when I jumped into Linux we're talking about Linux games not MUDs, not games on IRC. From what, from the time I started on Linux up until, like, fuck, 10! 
maybe five years later was when I finally got Tux Racer, but there were there were two games. There was NetHack and Tux Racer. And we both owe a tremendous amount of shit to NetHack. NetHack, oh, you you, you like procedurally generated game? Oh, you like uh, Dungeon Crawl? Oh, you like um, roguelikes? Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, cheers to NetHack and kind of cheers to Tux Racer. I mean, Tux Racer was a fucking accomplishment. And other than that, if you go back with Linux, apart from, you know, like, I mean, I could tell you about this XCOM clone that I played eight years ago. I want to say eight years ago. It was a long time ago. It was two hours uh, the house and a half ago. So it was a long time ago. I, you had to compile it yourself. It was an XCOM, free and open source XCOM clone whose name I cannot remember. It was very good. I played the shit out of it too. It took over four days to compile. Actually, honestly, I want to say it took six and a half days for it to compile. You had to compile it yourself. So when Steam came to Linux, it didn't just bring... um you know, market share, it brought all those things, it brought market share, it brought legitimacy, but ultimately and what we are really concerned about is Steam brought games to Linux and I 100% stand behind that, and you know Best Links Games Podcast is not originally designed or was not originally um, intended to be exclusively Steam based focused, but it made it so easy and there were so many titles and there still are so many titles coming out on a constant basis for Linux that work and you pay, you get the game um, on Linux. I mean, it's kind of weird to not have like an actual physical copy, but I think at this point, all of us um, in all of our media consumption are getting used to that uh, concept of not actually having a physical copy. Many of us, including myself, are chafing in increasingly underneath it um, even though we've been absolutely ill at ease from the very beginning um, but you know Steam brought gaming to Linux so let's take a little trip down memory lane for those and this I think will be um, I'm just going to have a blast doing this we'll do 20 minutes of it I think. I have two napkins from the bar. So for those of you who are like, now there's so many other games in NetHack and, and Tux Racer. Those are the two that anyone you know, I mean, because you were not playing games on, I mean, sure you could run them in Wine or through some sort of virtualization layer. None of them were very good if they required any sort of 3D rendering. Um, and by very good, I mean possible to even run in any sort of fucking way that resembled a real game. So, for those of you, for all of us, actually, what a triumph Steam coming to Linux has been. Let's just take a look at these two little napkins. So, I have, on this first napkin, I have a bunch of titles that I tried to kind of rank in terms of, like, when they came out and shit. This has spiraled way out of control so let's just start. Let's just start. With the game that I know that you're all thinking of. 
in terms of Steam, Linux. Oh my God, revolutionary! Mighty number nine. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I do, but I have to mention this. Mighty number nine, as if to insult me by grinding broken glass into my eyeballs. For the record, Mighty Number no. Nine. Over this last week, I they did not release a news item. I tried to look. Blah blah. blah. Mighty Number no. Nine now runs on Linux. So ha 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 me. Go back and listen to the Friend Love Beam episode if you need to know about Mighty Number no. Nine. I've not been able to bring myself to play it beyond the fact that I've played it on Linux. So that negativity out of the way. Let's talk about this. So, you have Tux Racer and NetHack. How about Counter-Strike Global Offensive? Hmm? Hmm? Okay, fine. Fine. Eventually, Valve ruins CSGO, so that's fine. Is it Global Offensive or Global Operations? I always get tech confused. I only... Never mind. I will not talk about Counter-Strike in this for the remainder of this episode. That's all I have to say. So, CSGO. You want to play that on the... Done! Done! And then eventually they ruin it. But okay, fine. Then they followed it up with Payday 2. These are ports. Payday 2 is still fucking unbelievable. Older game, whatever. Does not matter! Super fucking fun. Okay, fine. Fine. How about a game that launched... If I remember correctly, launched with Linux support, was absolutely stunning, still is absolutely stunning! We ran a server for it. ARK! Survival Evolved. ARK. I'm so glad that those motherfuckers made a million dollars off of that game. In early access, they absolutely deserve it. Okay, fine. So you have NetHack and Tux Racer, Payday 2, CSGO, ARK, Survival Evolved. Okay, fine. Um, yeah, I'm still on a break. Witcher 2! Witcher 2, which everyone hated the Linux port because, you know, it ran in a virtualization layer. I say bring it on, even though it is not as free as it could be, moving towards freedom, anything that makes it easier for developers to get to a port that is freedom. Ultimately, I say Rising Tide lifts all boats. Um... And ultimately, as the two technologies, by the way, as an aside, you know, virtualization layers, Windows, as Windows becomes more Linux-like, which is just crazy what they've been doing uh, lately, uh, with like, you know, I don't, I don't really keep up with it, but like, what I keep hearing, and I'm not saying that, it's no bullshit, I have one machine, anyway, you can listen to other rants about blah, as Windows becomes more Linux-like and as Linux becomes more Windows-like, um, as one co-ops and perverts the other, <laughs> or licenses out the other, whatever. Yeah, trust me, by the way, FOSS will always win. It's inevitable. Now you see, the new world is inevitable. It's what? Ineb- inevitable. One more time? Inevitable! Things are inevitably going to change! God damn it, open your fucking ears. It's, 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 it's what? It, 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 it's an inevitable. Uh, I'm sorry, what? It's inevitable! You got sinuating, I never be going to change! Thank you, Kim Jong-il. Um, 
as those two things become more and more close to the same bare metal that's like in quotation um, of each other and as virtualization of everything blah I mean you've already you're already experiencing this you're already seeing this um not only will the virtualization layers that you know are thrown into repackaging other games less buggy and less obvious but they will be better and better and better and they will feel like they're running natively actually on your system to the point where like you're not even a fucking know like I can stream games from uh, my server here local server um which runs Linux I can stream games from it to my monster machine that I'm recording this on which is Linux also um can't tell the difference same thing streaming from the one buggy as fuck uh literally five years, uh, four years, uh, five, ooh, five years old, four years old, a uh, machine that I have for my studio machine, which runs Windows 10. Unbelievable. They're pulling it all together, baby. So I'm a big fan of winnowing that um, Windows to Linux gap regardless of the abstraction layer that has to run in between, even though proprietary is always... I mean, literally, intentionally proprietary um, layers are always bad. Like, it would, you know, it's always better for everyone to... And that's something we're going to talk about in about 10 minutes in terms of not just games. Okay, so we had Tux Racer, NetHack, Counter-Strike Go, Ark, Survival Evolved, Payday 2, The Witcher 2. Um, What about Shadows of Mordor? Which, when it came to Linux... When it got poured to Linux, I was still playing, and it was an older game when I was playing it on my, I, th- I want to say Xbox One. It was an older game then, it was like a year old, but it came to Linux at that same time. World class, triple A, fucking unbelievable game, by the way, if you like. I hate The Hobbit. I hate Hobbits and Lord of the Rings. I hate rings. I hate lords. I hate I hate everything except for, what's that, Ivor? More whiskey? You're right, Ivor. I love you, the listener, and more whiskey. Middle Earth, Shadows of Mordor, fucking unbelievable game. I spent 140 hours beating it this way, that way, and sideways. Runs fabulous on Linux. So, okay, so we had NetHack, <laughs> Tux Racer, CSGO, Ark Survival Evolved, Payday 2, Witcher 2, Shadows of Mordor. Um, recently, uh, we had... Um, uh, shit. The Battle Royale. God damn, it's such a good game. Uh, oh my god! I can't believe I can't remember <laughs> the name of this game. It's so great. Oh well, whatever. We had that game too. Oh wait, okay, still fine. That's not enough for you. Saints Row 4. Okay, that wasn't enough for you. That's like, okay, that's like, it does not get better than Saints Row 4. I find we'll throw in God of Hell. Everything, you know, expansion slash sequel. Fine, done. That's fine. Okay. Mighty Number no. 9, CSGO, Art, you know, Pain A2, Witcher 2, Shadows of Mordor, Saints Row 4. Um, just recently, Rocket League finally comes to Linux. Can you see a pattern here? Now, eliminate everything in that list so far, except for Tux Racer and NetHack. Oh. 
Okay. But more awesome fucking AAA ports. Because everyone is always like, yeah, sure, you can play games on Linux, but they're shitty games. You know, they're not even just old games, they're just like shitty games. <laughs> Alien Isolation, suck a dick. Anyone who wants to say that Alien Isolation, right as of right fucking now, right now, anyone who wants to say Alien Isolation is not one of the best looking and best designed full-blooded, multi-million dollar triple-A titles ever produced in gaming history. There's a big dick right here! You can suck it! Um, trust me, I close my eyes, it's all okay. Uh, <laughs> okay, so not just, okay, so now, now, now there's another portion of, of people who are like, yeah, sure, but they're, you know, sure, generally speaking, generally speaking, the games that have come, the triple-A titles that have come to Linux, you know, yeah, they are not brand new. In fact, they don't release as of yet. And this is something I've been... I thought Batman was going to do it, but then Batman couldn't even release a game for Windows. Um, but as of yet, the one biggest thing that Steam has not brought to Linux is a top-of-the-line AAA title whose street date for Linux coincides with its street date for any and all other systems. But that, in this market, even forgetting the fact that Linux is, and do not get me wrong, Linux is the bastard stepchild of this. Steam makes Linux real to the marketplace. Trust me, where's the money? Where's the money? The money ain't in enterprise fucking support licenses at, you know, $250,000 a pop for, you know, giant Cisco networks to fucking you know, run Citibank, that ain't where the money is, now everyone can afford a fucking computer and everyone wants to play video games, which is better $250,000 a year, which is probably more like $5 million a year plus upcharge for the equipment but whatever, for, for Cisco to run Citibank or whatever or 50 million people paying you $20 a pop. It's $150 million right there with no overhead and no packaging, no promotional, you know, blah, 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 blah. This is, this is how Steam, by making this all platform agnostic and awesome by including Linux in this, has brought gaming to Linux. So, okay, so, Alien Isolation, so the other common thing that I hear, and by the way, I'm not yelling at any individual person. These are feelings that I have. Trust me, I'm a human being. Trust me, feelings are people too. They also have humans. Um, I have no idea what that meant, but just remember that whatever is not part of the problem is also part of the solution. That is programming rule number one. No, I'm just kidding. Again, what I'm trying to say here is, if I can be serious, Ladies and gentlemen, let me, let me lay on you a great humanity. Now, the other thing that I hear is, yeah, but the games that are available for Linux that are, you know, blah, they, they don't represent a broad range of types of games. Well, okay, I think we kind of refuted that already, but let me add these three for you. Strike Suit Zero, which is a type of game that really has never been made before or since Strike Suit Zero, and especially not at that level. Unfortunately, Strike Suit Zero 2 doesn't work on Linux, but Strike Suit Zero 1 does. 
X-Plane 10, which, trust me, I wrote a fucking uh, UDEV rewriter to make a certain type of pedals work with a certain type of yoke. Oh my god, does X-Plane 10 run great on Linux? Okay, fine. So there you have world-class flight simulator that, you know, is like more like a pilot trainer, blah, blah, blah. You have um, a space shooter that is a first-person, third-person, far-flung, demi-light-caliber, far-flung sci-fi space combat dogfighting simulation. Which you could turn into a giant mechanized robot. Spoiler alert! Oh, I'm supposed to say spoiler alert first. Um, then you have Torchlight 2. Okay, so there you go. That's like Diablo, but you can play it with everybody. And it's not quite as good as the latest Diablo, which was the last game I played on my Xbox One before finally just getting rid of it, along with all my games. That cool thing about the Diablo for the last Xbox One was for the last Diablo for the Xbox One was that they finally introduced like okay button combinations for like attacks and so you could level up those attacks as well as everything else. But Torchlight 2, very close. Timeless game, unbelievable amount of playtime. Okay, fine. Fine. Terraria, fine. Okay, so those are just a bunch of ports. The other big complaint. Well, okay, so yeah, but there's nothing that like actually is you know, those are a bunch of fucking ports, you know, who the fuck cares, you know, blah, I played that already on my fucking Windows 7, you know, on my Windows XP, you know, service, on my Windows ME, fucking, you say, I hate you, oh yeah, motherfucker, okay, how about, oh, some other ports, by the way, Shadow Warrior, um, the new one, uh, yeah, they, yeah, that's pretty good, Okay, so fine. To refute those, we're like, oh, but the original time. I want the original time. Which is okay. I feel their pain. I am those people. I live their life. I hope you do too. And if you don't, then I hope you vicariously experience my constant agony. <laughs> um, so, okay, so, so, but what about the Okay, um, and I'm not saying that these were originally made for Linux, but these are products of independent developers that if all you do is game on Linux, like I do, you would never have gotten to play otherwise at all for any other system ever if all you did was, you know, Daily Driver, Linux, and then your only gaming was on Linux. Duskers! Oh my god! I'm going to try to avoid, like, the most recent. Let's go back. Let's go way back. How about, um... Natural Selection 2. That's even an indie game. That's independent. Oh, what about uh, Natural Selection 2, by the way? If you haven't played it, unbelievable. That is, according to my Steam, uh, according to my Steam client, more or less, I, I tried to nail this down, but according to my Steam client, Natural Selection 2 was the very first game that I ever bought for on Steam, ever. And it, I bought it because... Chris Fisher of the dun, 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 Jupiter Broadcasting Network was like, oh man, god, Natural Selection 2 is on Steam and it runs on Linux. Holy fuck. Unbelievable. For those of you who haven't played Natural Selection 2, it's your typical um, squad-based first-person shooter, real-time uh, tactical um, 
resource gathering role playing game, uh, a la uh, Command and Conquer, crossed with Counter Strike, with uh, two species, humans versus aliens. So it's all crossed with aliens. Um, yeah, it's exactly like that, you know? With, you know, yeah, it's six on six or whatever. Yeah, it's exactly like that. Um, so yeah, pretty brilliant game. Um, Natural Selection 2. Okay, so there we go. Um, Hand of Fate. Hand of Fate wasn't... No, I'm not saying that any of these were designed for Linux, but these games came out from independent developers with Linux support in line with them, with their release. Um, Hand of Fate. Fucking roundabout, dude. Guns of Icarus Online, which was a process... For Guns of Icarus Online is a game that, you know, began long before I started this podcast and continues, I guess, to this day. But Guns of Icarus Online was one of the most impressive games I've ever played in my life. Played it for the first time on Linux. Um, I mean, wow! Okay, so I'm not going to recap all of the stuff that we've just talked about, but eliminate every title that I've just mentioned. Flashback to two years ago, but before... Before episode one, about three months before episode one of this podcast, you had NetHack and Tux Racer. Um, okay, how about Sid Meier's Civilization V coming to coming to Linux? That was a huge moment. Um, chivalry, chivalry. Do you like hacking people's fucking heads off? Unbelievable, chivalry. Um, Shadowrun Returns. Shadowrun Returns, the sequel to Shadowrun. Oh my god. Which I, you know, Shadowrun, it's like, you know, I don't know, Elemental Divinity. It, you, you may, f- I may have forgotten about it on a conscious level many times over the intervening years, but it's always in my heart. When Shadowrun Returns came out, it shipped straight with Linux support in line. Shadowrun Returns, by the way, is an unbelievable game. That's an isometric uh, role-playing game. I'm not. I'm trying not to get too bogged down here, but unbelievable. Interstellar Marines, um, which is also still early access, work in progress, and is not you know specifically for Linux, but they very much value. <coughs> um, hang on, excuse me. Ah, no, I I don't want to take a break. I have to continue. We have to do a hundred more episodes, right? Oh, I'm sorry. Um, crack engineer Ivor. Yes, Ivor. Ivor says hi. He's afraid that I may have missed it earlier. These games, Transistor, Bastion, th- those guys didn't actually necessarily ship with inline Linux support. But point is, at this point, I can't fucking remember if they did or if they didn't. Which is in the immortal words of uh. Malcolm Tucker. Malcolm Tucker! From In The Loop. It does not matter if it happened or not. I'm telling you, it's a fact! As to whether it has happened or not is irrelevant. It is true! <laughs> um, that, you know, <laughs> Did I mention uh, Duskers in Mighty Number no. 90? <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, God. Oh, boy. Um, and just recently, I mean... The walls keep tumbling down. Uh, you know, just recently, uh, this last month or whatever, uh, having um, 
not just hyperspace pinball, but uh, the really legit, unbelievable fucking uh, pinball simulator, um, Pro Pinball Ultra Time Shock. Finally, Linux. Those are just, that's just a genre. Gone, laddie. That, you know, like, it's been on my to-do list. You know, that, that I've been waiting for, you know, blah. So it's, I mean, take any number of, oh, okay, so, and then there, 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 there have been a number of in, independent games as the technology overall, which we'll cover in just a mere moment, over the last two years has changed and actually game development itself has become easier as we've condensed and, um, made more user-friendly the tools and technologies necessary to, uh, and why is Skype on you? See, Skype, there's a program never gonna fucking work. Now that Microsoft's got his hands in it. Not that it works so fucking brilliantly before. Oh, God, I'm not gonna do Malcolm Tucker. Okay, hang on. Let me get out of Skype. Thank you, Ivor. Yes. Yes, Ivor. You're right, Ivor. You are fired. You are fired. Congratulations. You made it to episode 100. Now, Get the fuck out of my studio! Okay, so now that I have our Molina... Don't hang yourself, laddie! I have no idea. I thought that... Uh, yeah, I was saying the same thing. Skype... Ever- okay, fine. Power of open source. Okay. P.S. Grab Skype. <laughs> it doesn't matter whether or not it's happened. It's a fact! He did not say unforeseeable. You may have heard him say that, but he did not say that, and that is a fact. Five, six, one, one. Goodbye, Skip. And he is gone. So, there have been actually, like, um, Chris Fisher has been from Linux Action Show, from Jupiter Broadcasting, and from TechSnap, and Linux Unplugged, and, you know, blah. If, if you're into Linux and you don't uh, watch or slash and or slash listen to um, Jupiter Broadcasting, you know, you're missing out on life. Um, you're missing out on the complete life, laddie. Oh, God. I know, Ivor. I know. We're doomed. Um, but one of the games that, uh, outside of Steam, completely free and open source, like literally free as in beer in this case, which is unfortunate because I think that they, I think that if you make something, the question now these days is the licensing aspects of, you know, building something for a community by using community contributions and then licensing it and then charging other people for it, which feels skeezy and which Ubuntu has... I'm not trying to get down on Ubuntu. Linux Mint 18 built off of Ubuntu 1604. Ubuntu has done as much or more than Mandrake did and, uh, you know... Fucking can't believe that Ian said. Anyway, so let's not get sidetracked. Oh, too late? You're right. So there's 0 AD, which is like um, Age of Empires, but it's free and open source. It's a spectacular looking game. It's free and open source. Um, You don't have to compile it anymore, I don't think. Uh, You know, so there's that. But Wasteland 2... Wasteland 2 was a game that launched with, I think it launched with inline 
Linux support. But Zero AD is, is free. Wasteland 2 is still like 50 bucks. It's totally worth it if you like Fallout 2. This is the guys who made Fallout 2. They made a game before that called Wasteland that they based Fallout 2 on. I'm giving you a thumbnail sketch. And then almost 30 years later, well, almost 25 years later. No, I'm not that old. Ooh, yeah, almost 25, 23 years later, they made Wasteland 2. Came out with Linux support. Drunken DDDR, the capital P. Right? Ivor, punch it up. I don't give a fuck if they pull us. Fuck you. Yes, Ivor, I blame you. Hang on. Yes, run the tape. Fine, that's fine. I don't give a fuck who sees that this well-oiled machine is not as easy to operate as it may appear over the airwaves. Let them see it's a hundred episodes, for God's sake. Let them know the truth. The hideous, horrible truth of the best Linux games podcast. No, 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 no. I need this, Ivor. I need this. Ivor, make it happen. Thank you, Ivor. I love you. Let's all say I love you to Ivor. Deja Bond Games presents Drunken Robot Pornography, the cleanest game on the internet. Please sing along. They started working in the factories of George Default, quietly stamping out the fridges in the Japanese car. Over the decades, designs evolved to sweep in your floor in a circular avatar. Aerospace and atomic domination, structural engineering and tech and ECE. I heard a spiky yellow girl with a bachelor's degree. <laughs> Without Steam on Linux. We would not all be singing this. Together. Are the capital P. the capital P. Intermission, take it, Ivor. You're almost no within your heart. They dissected you while you sleep. Okay, anyway. So, I think that right there. But okay, fine. Fine, fine, fine. Pillars of Eternity. Pillars of Eternity, which was a crowdsourced Kickstarter game. Uh, not crowdsourced. Uh, it was a Kickstarter game meant to be. Um, an analog to the Wizards of the Coast Baldur's Gate style super hardcore role playing games that game was cra- literally took forever for them to make it it was a little overpriced but super unbelievable game you can play it on the next so in conclusion before we wrap up cause like I, I do want to mention I'm just going to throw these out there. Um, but all of this is because of Steam. And why is any any of this important? Without this, guess what? You are at best, and this is my experience, I'm sorry. Like I'm not the world's greatest Linux guru, um, but I do go back to when I was fucking 16, so I have some experience with it. 
Um, and I have a variety of experience with it in all manners of types of... Anyway, sorry if this is not your exact experience, but uh, without any of this, there were no games on Linux. Without Steam, there were no games on Linux. And at best, you were trying to find... Literally, I mean, the game, the XCOM game... God damn it. You're right, Ivor. Hey, what do you want, man? Like, it's been the week from hell. <laughs> Free and open source XCOM. Linux. Oh, God. It's called UFO Alien Invasion. Um, which you can get on GitHub still. UFO Alien Invasion. Great game. Take you about three days to compile it from the source. I mean, fuck! What, whatever happened to, like, uh, let's compete with the rest of the real world? Because gamers, generally speaking, like, as, like, an aggregate, they're young, which... I'm sorry if you're young, but that means that, like, as an aggregate, you're stupid. <laughs> and generally, the fact that you're a gamer means that, you know, you're some hyperactive, fucking limited attention span. What's that, Ivor? Shut the fuck up! Exactly, that's what I was saying. How many ADD kids does it take to screw in a light bulb? Let's go ride our bikes! Right? Am I right? Just, can I get a name at... without Steam. And I know that Humble Bundle, and I know I try, I wish that I could be more comfortable covering the Humble Bundle uh, bundles, but I've had problems with the actual compatibility of stuff that they've said in their bundles. Is Linux compatible? And I've had, you know, I'm not saying that like, you know, I, more games is what I'm saying all the time in every way. But what I'm trying to say here is Steam brought one click and it's important that we pay for these games by the way. You know why? Because that means we get more games. And yes, yes, it's almost as if just like the rest of the free and open source uh, Idiosphere ecosystem whatever the fuck you want to call it. It's almost like, it's just like that. Like they don't understand that we already own them already because we've you know, reduced the extreme technical overhead and the stream, extreme hardware requirements, all of that, through this stuff called modern technology and, and progress. We've made tools bit by bit, person by person, so that, oh, that brings us to the winnowing of the actual technological overhead to make games that we've seen. This is kind of related to Steam, but it's, it, I mean, it's not... Steam didn't cause this. This happened independently of Steam, but, you know, just like everything else in the free and open source, it, you know, rising tide lifts all boats, so you have these synergistic factors between, you know, actual hardware becoming cheaper, um, the technology and design patterns and, and uh, etc. of video game, of actual making any type of video game becoming more formalized and, and teachable with infinitely less uh, overhead required to do it 
as you're doing it to actually see, like, you know, like, oh, real-time rendering of your game. You can play your game. Um, to the point where we have number one, Unity. Now, people have mixed feelings about Unity. Some of them, those are the people who have not spent any amount of serious time with it. Unity is fucking awesome. Unity isn't the, you know, the be-all and the end-all here, but it is about as close to the be-all and end-all here. Um, it's one of the most aptly named fucking pieces. Unity is, uh, it's almost like a, uh, integrated development environment, but, uh, it's also an entire framework for making games, and Unity, they don't make this very public, but it's, you know, they don't shout to the rooftops, uh, especially as they update it, which is crazy because they keep it pretty updated, more or less. Um, the unit, the Unity editor, which you can make games for free, is personal edition. The Linux version of the Unity editor, which technically is like forever in beta, just like everything else that's coming out for Linux or whatever, it works fine in Linux. Take you some googling to dig it out. I'll see if I can, you know, blah, pull out the threads because blah works great in Linux. That was when a there's an episode of this podcast where I talk a little bit. I I graze over it though because I had tons of bad experiences with Unity when Unity was like Blender was 13 years ago or whatever, um, and it was all on Linux, all on uh, Windows was not on Linux. Finally, they, they came out with a editor for Linux, so you can make games in Unity on Linux. And not only that, they, they over the last uh, 12 months, 18 months, it's super stable. Um, it's, it's just as good. My humble opinion, I haven't spent a, anywhere near as much time with the Unity editor on a, a Windows-based system, I've spent zero amount of time with it on a Macintosh. Um, I'm sorry, I meant iOS, which is also known as Apple. So there we go. We just brought three generations of people together right there. Group hug. Annihilate them! No, I'm just kidding. I don't. I don't, you fucking ex-code monkey motherfuckers. Anyway, no, um, I, I don't... I, I'm... But, uh... So I have a hard time comparing it directly to um, the Unity editor on Windows and I have absolutely no basis to compare it uh, with on uh, Macintosh. But the last update that I that I was working with, I'm currently making uh, a, not just a fairly serious, but I'm making a game in Unity. Um, it's called The Swashbuckler, by the way, The Swashbuckler using all free and open source technologies, uh, Blender, Unity, uh, GIMP for my texture management, which is hard. There, there are better tools, I, from what I understand. But anyway, it's an entirely free and open source uh, development stack, making games with it. Um, I've spent a lot of time in Unity on Linux. I can't remember. I don't actually have the build that I've spent the most time using installed on this because this is my Mint 18 system and I just installed Mint 18 in this incarnation. What, 10 days ago, two weeks ago, something like that? But uh, Unity has really changed everything 
not just for Linux, but really for the game industry. And as Unity gets better, and Unity is already really good, a lot of people don't like to really accept that fact that for a lot of types of games, including games that if you're a thousand years old like I am, you would think would be be far beyond in terms of complexity and and uh, just graphical requirements, rendering requirements. Um, yeah, Unity can handle that. Has both a 2D and a 3D engine. It's unbelievable. Has a great marketplace too. <coughs> um, with a lot of free and prefab assets, it it's, you know, I'm not going to lie to you and tell you that making a video game is now super easiest thing in the world. Video games are complicated, complicated things. But literally, Unity, even if you just take the Unity approach to um, logic scripting, you know, like what we would call in like actual like um, programming world, programming and design world for everything other than video games, like business logic, um, like, you know, glue between, you know, SQL um and some sort of you know display interface and some sort of administration interface blah 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 business logic or like something that tracks you know inventories that moves through your supply chain business logic something that bills someone or you know blah, business logic even if you just took unity's built in if you just learned every method basically more or less for um Unity's built-in classes, more or less, like, oh, okay, now that I actually really understand everything about this aspect of the physics engine, I can now, blah, I can, it's, <laughs> anyway, even if you just took that as a style guide, that alone would make making your first video game, if you start coding it from, you know, whatever, <laughs> fucking fucking nothing without any fucking libraries or whatever in whatever language you want um Fortran there you go <laughs> COBOL <laughs> anyway no I'm just kidding about that you wouldn't want to do that but, I, but whatever you know starting from ground zero if you just used Unity's approach which is universal um to a lot of its physics and stuff and the way it solves other problems um just in terms of it in terms of its implementation in c sharp in terms of scripting that would put you a thousand times ahead of the game of anyone who is just approaching it out of whole cloth beyond that if you're doing it in unity and actually blah blah blah, blah not reinventing the wheel it literally makes what was once as recent ago as like five years totally um, excluded to the realm of absolute impossibility completely negligible in terms of effort, training skill, etc. design blah 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 yeah so that's unity and it runs on Linux. And it makes games that run on Linux. It makes games that run on everything. Hmm. I like Unity a lot. Especially now that I'm feeling that it's finally matured. And just, I mean, it's crazy. It's crazy what you can do with Unity. Just built in 
unity. When, you know, you have to learn, you know, there is a learning curve there, but there's a learning curve to making video games too. Let's say the learning curve to make video games is a 10, 10 being highest difficulty, Unity, that same learning curve, if you're doing it with Unity, becomes a 0.3 at worst. Maybe a, maybe a 1. In terms of, like, actually scripting behavior and stuff like that, it's, and especially doing um, actual animation transitions and scripting of animations and transforms and automating automating that ooh that's a motherfucker to do just ask Jordan Meshner anyway Prince of Persia for the, I'm sorry no one remembers Prince of Persia anyway okay so that's Unity then we have the Inform 7 compiler so okay so on the one hand with Unity you can make pretty much any type of game except it's not the world's greatest tool for making text-based adventure games, the Inform 7 compiler boasts the Inform language, which according to them, and I know a bunch of computer languages. <laughs> I had a guy say that to me about six months ago. I know a bunch of computer languages. Like, wow, that's cool. What about... <laughs> anyway, can you program with any of them? Can you make me something? I know a bunch of... But anyway, the Inform 7, uh, which is like both in... Uh, oh, thank you, Ivor, thank you. Ivor says, God bless you, Skooky. He actually said, Seth, you're ranting now, babe. It's an hour. I'm like, how about the hundred hours that died just to get us here? Let's hear the drunken robot pornography song. No, um... Out of all the programming languages, I mean, I know actually quite a number of programming languages, but the but I don't know all of them. No one knows all of them, except maybe Richard Stallman, Linus Torvalds, and Gabe Newell. I'm sure that they would be the first people to say, I know every language! That's being facetious. So, um, the Inform 7, which is the Inform 7 compiler, which is both a compiler, a language, and an integrated development environment, um, more or less, it can be, you can, you can bust it out. You can bust out the compiler from the I, but it's just way better to use the I, trust me. Um, I don't care how crazy, cracked out, or fucking user-specific, or anal-retentive your Emacs sublime text or eclipse or whatever the fuck you're used to working with it's if you're gonna write a text-based adventure game do yourself a favor just learn inform inform 7 and write it in inform 7 um because inform 7 brags and basically rightly so although some of its constructs can become obtuse and weird in comparison to what they actually do, and once you really nail its syntax into your head, I know that that totally is going to defeat what I'm about to say. Inform 7 boasts as being the easiest to read language to program anything on a computer ever made. It's, that's 
I could see how that m is probably true, but if you, I could also see how there are numerous arguments for blah, but then when you consider what it can do with basically natural language, um, it's unbelievable. So if you ever want to write a text-based adventure game, but found the overhead of actually writing um, your own interpreter to be a little much, or um, having to manage and also actually code behaviors, um, like let's say you wanted to do this about 13 years ago, yeah, you're not going to really be looking at an object-oriented approach, which makes to make text-based adventure games so much easier. But anyway... Inform does all of that for you. It's basically like writing a story. Um, and it makes great interactive fiction. And it is robust as a motherfucker. Um, check out the Brass Lantern, which is um, this brilliant chick. By the way, repeat it with me. You're standing in a field. Um, chick loves Zork and got really involved in the Inform uh, compiler process. Inform 7 came out this year. The Inform compiler previous versions have been around for as long as I can remember using Blender. And I go back to using Blender right after they open sourced it. So blah. Inform 7 is free and open source. It's fabulous. Make your own text-based adventure games. If you've always wanted to do it, done. Um, and then you can distribute them however you want too. It's better if you distribute them. Uh, they have like a whole library kind of thing. Which actually, you know what? That's not true. They don't have a whole library kind of thing. They have a whole um, they were, they've been leaning towards that idea. But they have like a their, 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 their format for your text-based adventure games is incredibly portable runs across all systems that can run the Inform 7 compiler, um, which is works great as like an ebook browser too and like an interactive shell um, for end users and stuff like that. Super fucking wicked pisser. Awesome. If you like myself. I've been standing in a field. So that's the Inform compiler. I also mentioned Blender. Blender free and open source. Just stop listening to this right now and send them $100. Just do it. Or if you know anything about Blender, jump on any of the numerous Blender um, forms. There's a Blender Stack Exchange um, sub-domain um, and start answering noobs questions. Give back to Blender. Blender is fucking unbelievable. Blender is free and open source. Runs on Linux. It is world-class software. Um, 3D rendering, animation, etc. Like, Blender blows my mind. Literally, I'm not kidding. And I've been using Blender for forever. Never had as much of a dire need and utility to really learn as much about Blender as I know now. I know in comparison to what I, you know, blah, like I... 700 times more than I, I used to know, but I used to know just what I needed to know. Now I can fucking rig shit, animate it, you know, blah. I'm still not good with textures, so if you're good with textures, help a brother out. Help me out with Swashbuckler. I will pay. Um, I have very specific needs. But yeah, um, world-class 3D rendering, world-class 
video compositing world ca- world class fucking madness if you work in 3D at all and you don't work with blender you're working you have to either be working with blender or one of two other um industry standard uh programs neither of which are free or open source yeah so yeah hardcore henry there's a whole great video of this by the way i actually have watched hardcore henry a number of times i really like it i was resistant to it for a long time but then i saw that parts of it were made with blender and they have a whole video of exactly what the fuck fucking unbelievable same program i use same program i'm using to make the swashbuckler (coughs) also related to blender a program called make human which is just a great slider based um human model generating thing including the face including all it's like uh, if you ever made a character not for Skyrim but for uh Oblivion I think was the one Elder Scrolls I hate I I know my balls just shriveled up mentioning Elder Scrolls series but anyway if you ever made a character in one of those games where you could like oh, okay depth of forehead I want these eyes to be farther apart I want them to turn up I want the the actual eye itself to be exploding out of the eye socket a la Marty Feldman or and I want you know uh, a giant pointy crown of the head on the back of their skull and I want big gigantic distended jaw and tiny little nose and you know blah 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 blah. and I want uh, hunchback and uh, I want their the front part of their forearm to be super thick like a bowling ball and then I want the rest of it to be a stick size kind of thing that at the elbow you know bends the wrong way and shit like that well you can do all that and make human and then you can export that model into Blender, and then you can then you can rig it, and then you can animate it. Um, it's super cool, uh, and you don't even have to rig it from scratch. Even I made a pirate guy who was supposed to be um, crippled, and I wasn't quite sure like how to distort the model before I got to the rigging part. Like I I could I could I knew what I w- kind of wanted the rigging to look like, but I wasn't making those two things work together from the creation of the character was difficult in my mind in fucking make human oh yeah okay done then you take that guy and you 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 basically copy you basically retarget a pose for that guy oh yeah sure his leg works exactly as it would (laughs) you know completely fucking with like busted kneecap blah 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 more or less and then I retargeted um onto that like actual um or the FBX, I can't remember. Actual motion captured, uh, free and open source stuff uh, from whatever university. You know, like uh, runway model. You know, FBX information. Or I think they're FBX. I can't remember because I don't really do this. I don't really retarget from motion caps anymore. I do the animations myself because it's a side scrolling platformer. Even though it's in three D, it's better that way. Anyway, all that could be done in Blender with Make Human two free and open source programs. Um, and then finally, uh, you know, I mentioned NVIDIA, I, I mentioned, you know, Ubuntu 16 and 
mint 18 and all of the I didn't quite mention as much all of how much all both of those projects owe not just in spiritual sense but like in really kind of nuts and bolts sense although I think mint 18 might be something really crazy special in terms of some of the um ways they're treating desktop apps and things like that mint 18 is the first linux by the way that i've managed to get to recognize this might not this is probably not a distribution thing because i at one point i had a hackish way of getting arch to do it but all five monitors via display port and blah 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 which is about as disastrous as you might think um a game with three now and i still have my fourth one up but it's generally off just for performance reasons but uh so yeah, you know, you have, Ubuntu has just pushed Linux and Linux gaming. Ubuntu, even though like Steam abandoned Ubuntu for straight up, you know, quote unquote, straight up Debian, doesn't matter. That was like a decision you could see being made a mile away. Um, because yeah, we're Valve and we have like you know a thousand programmers more or less, and you know we probably have like you know a team of fifty guys who are just obsessed with. Uh, making Steam OS, blah, 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 you know, we're going to make our own Linux distribution anyway, so yeah, we don't want to base, base it off of Ubuntu. We don't want to base it off of an end-user product, but anyway, Ubuntu, over the last two years, think about it. And then for every problem that just jumped into your head that has been present since, you know, 2005 for you to the present day, then just think Linux Mint 18, which is the first truly, I mean, oh yeah, okay, fucking getting proprietary NVIDIA drivers to work, not a problem, not a big deal, you know, blah, 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 blah. Whereas, like, it's pulling teeth with the same goddamn 13 steps that you've been repeating every other year with Ubuntu, mid-18, out of the box, pretty crazy, full 3D acceleration, you know, with like one click in a menu, pretty awesome, but also NVIDIA drivers have come a long way since, uh, I want to say that was like, what, was that like 18 months ago? Let's find out, and then I will let everyone go until the next 100 years, but let's see, uh, this Torvalds rant, NVIDIA. Do you think that I'll get it done, Ivor? I know, I didn't think we were gonna... Okay, that was July 7th, 2012. And I heard about it on Jupiter Broadcasting because I did not care about... No, it's not 412. Hang on. There's a recent. Evidently, they uh, did a Jupiter Broadcasting and Noah, Noah uh, of Linux Action Show, just revisited this clip recently. Oh, well. But the original is from uh, June 17, 2012, according to YouTube. Oh, well. So that's significantly. 
Oh, here we go. Here, oh, from something from Pharonix, of course. It's been three years since Linus Torvald's huge NVIDIA rant, which is June 17, 2015. And even at that point, honestly, like NVIDIA had started to get better, but Ubuntu still like, oh, you're having problems with it. It's like, well, how can you still be having problems? Anyway, and I completely understand both sides of that argument, but Ubuntu, NVIDIA, Linux Mint 18, all of this, Steam, video games, Linux, and not just a few, but enough to justify having listened to this, the 100th episode of the Best Linux Games Podcast. Ah, oh, thank you so much. I will see you next week. I am your host, Skooky Sprite, S-K-O-O-K-I-E-S-P-R-I-T-E. We have no uh, video of the week, I don't think, this week, although our Starbound dedicated server is up. We have a link to a bunch of information about that on uh, our webpage, www.bestlinuxgames.com. Thank you so much for listening. Um, I, I know this was a little ranty and stuff, but... It's episode 100, and it's two years, and it's two transformative years, not just for video games outside of Linux, and not just for games inside of Linux, but for Linux itself because of video games on top of all that. So, thank you so much. Um, Hopefully, we'll keep on trucking for another 100 episodes. Ha ha! I've lost my voice. Oh, but we have one deal this week. It would not be complete without a deal. Um, not a hero. A great, great, great. She's Welsh, baby! Little side-scrolling surrealist shooter with hilarious dialogue, unbelievable pixel junk uh, animation, and some actually kind of elevator action-inspired um, not platforming, but like gunplay, two-dimensional gunplay action. It's a weird fucking game. Not a hero now through September 26th is 75% off at $3.24. Come and join us on the Starbound server. Find the creds. Message me. Join the Steam uh, group, Best Linux Games. No one joins, which is hilarious. Our server, our actual web server keeps crashing because everyone keeps <laughs> downloading us through Gpotter, or uh, through um, yeah, whatever. Whatever pod, whatever Linux-based podcatcher they want, straight up through the RSS feed, which is a digital ocean droplet. We also have SoundCloud. We're available on iTunes. Wherever, wherever whiskey is sold. And now I will leave you with the following meditation on Linux. Cheers, thanks so much. Later days. The best Linux games podcast is brought to you by Blue Wizard is about to die. Now available for the first time as an ebook on Amazon.com. To subscribe to the podcast using a Linux based podcatcher like Podracer, or to see our YouTube gameplay videos, please visit www.bestlinuxgames.com. Also, join our Steam community group, Best Linux Games, Friends Cookie Sprite, and follow him on Twitter at VegasWriter. BLGP is also brought to you by the Radio Control Room Project. For details, please visit www.rcrproject.com or rfihc.com. Zig thanks you. For great justice.
It only runs on Linux. Ponderous, man. Ponderous, fucking ponderous.